Though breast cancer isn't entirely preventable, limiting alcohol intake and not smoking can help reduce the risk for women, but mammograms are essential to early diagnosis and survival. And joining me today for a conversation about the effects of women delaying mammograms during COVID and how survivable breast cancer is, especially if women get their mammograms, is Dr. Julie Fu. She's a medical oncologist with the Mass General Cancer Center at Emerson Hospital. This is the HealthWorks Here podcast from Emerson Health. I'm Scott Webb. Dr. Fu, thanks for your time today. We're going to essentially talk about breast cancer, what's new, what's different, how we can prevent it. So as we get rolling here, have there been any changes in the rates of breast cancer since the pandemic? Yes, but the answer is actually a little less straightforward. So okay. bear with me going back to pre-pandemic. So for all comers for patients, the rates have increased slightly by 0.5% per year. But in the younger patients with breast cancer between 2015 and 2019, so pre-pandemic, the annual incidence of breast cancer has increased by 2% per year. And then, you know, that brings us to the start of the pandemic in 2020. And as we all unfortunately know, just around the world, hospital resources were allocated to those who really needed the most urgent care. So surveillance, like mammograms, was understandably delayed. And therefore, the absolute diagnosis of breast cancer, all stages actually decreased in 2020. But not because it didn't exist, it's because women were not getting their regular screening. Sure. Okay. So then as the world opened up, if you recall, Italy was one of the first European countries to be most affected by the pandemic. And they actually did a study that there's an increase in the rate of later stage breast cancers. And a similar study out of California showed the same thing. So there have been less stage, what we call zero to two breast cancers, and unfortunately more stage three to four breast cancers compared to pre-pandemic years. And even prior to the pandemic, they were seeing an increase of cancers in younger patients. And then, of course, as things open up, there's also this just backlog of patients trying to reschedule their mammograms and in general just catch up on life. So, you know, some patients have delayed their routine health care screenings or doctor visits. And with that, that might have caught an earlier stage diagnosis, and some people are actually still catching up. Yeah. So for whoever is listening, if you haven't caught, caught up on your annual mammogram right. or colonoscopy or gyne exam, just go schedule it. Yeah, those surveillance exams, of course. So it's not so much that more women have been afflicted, let's say, with breast cancer since the pandemic. It's that folks are finally getting caught up, and unfortunately, now it's being diagnosed in later stages, right? Correct. And so let's refocus then and talk about prevention. How do we prevent breast cancer? What are maybe two or three of the most important things that women can do? So first, regarding diagnosis, this is kind of just a current update, but while in Massachusetts, most providers generally continued recommending mammograms at age 40 years old, on May 9th, so very recent, the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force also recommended the first screening mammogram at 40 years old versus 50 years old. So, you know, now that's just kind of throughout the U.S. So if you fall into that category and you're 40, just go get your first mammogram. And then regarding prevention, it's really important to limit alcohol intake. And the general recommendation is no more than one drink a day, as even small amounts can increase your risk. And then what probably every doctor tells you is to just try to work really hard at maintaining a healthy weight. And if you are not where you should be, you know, talk with your doctor, reduce the amount of calories per day, increase activity, 
And being physically active can help prevent breast cancer, and most adults should try for about 150 minutes or two and a half hours a week of moderate activity and strength training maybe at least twice a week. But the most important thing to prevent cancer is stop smoking. Smoking causes at least 15 different cancers, including breast cancer. So if you smoke, try to quit as soon as you can, and it's almost never too late to get the benefits. And there are a lot of options besides cold turkey. So I always emphasize to patients, if there's anything you can do to better your health, it's to stop smoking. Yeah, definitely. Great advice from an expert, of course. And let's just say that a woman had a mammogram, did the right thing, and cancer was indicated. It shows cancer. So should fear be the first reaction to that? Or are there some things you can tell them today that, you know, it's not great, but we can help? I mean, I think how someone responds to bad news That's how they respond, but it's more just not letting that fear overwhelm you. I think it's very normal to be scared after anyone throws the word cancer at you. But we also have to remember that, you know, they're not alone. Overall, one in eight women in the U.S. will be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime. That is a lot of women. And so I would say don't be scared. The earlier we catch this, the better. And sometimes if the cells have changed but not become invasive, you may only need surgery. And even the other treatment options that might be recommended, they're very time limited. They're very well tolerated, even in our older patients. And 65% or more of breast cancer cases are actually diagnosed in the local stage, meaning that no signs of cancer has spread outside the breast. And that would mean that the five-year survival rate is 99%. Yeah, so you can see just how important mammograms are, as you stressed earlier, and we'll continue to stress today, of course. So let's talk about the latest treatment options for breast cancer. And when we think about, as you say, five years out or more, I'm assuming that the goal is obviously to prevent the cancer from spreading, to save lives, and so on. But maybe you can just talk about some of the latest options. Yeah. So in general, the overall treatment pattern, assuming you're in the local stage, is Surgery, basically get it out, radiation therapy, sterilize that field, endocrine or hormonal therapy. For example, if there's anything the cancer feeds on, then try to target that. And then chemotherapy, if there are no specific targets, for example, you're hormone negative, that's an option as well. And in the past, we used to treat all healthy women with chemotherapy to try to be as aggressive as possible. But now we have something called a recurrence score, which is sent on the person's individual pathology or tissue to determine if chemotherapy, in addition to hormone therapy, would be helpful or not. And it's been very instructive to guide whether or not someone would benefit from chemo and really has allowed us to be more selective in those who would benefit. And, you know, cancer tries to outsmart us. So we, you know, put patients on medications and then there are now even more ways to target mutations. For example, if you're hormone positive, HER2 negative breast cancer recurs, sometimes other mutations can develop. And there was a recent approval just in February of this year. If you have something called an ESR1 mutation, this can actually be treated with a pill. And these are patients with metastatic stage four disease. So we have pills for even patients with advanced breast cancers. And we're able to diagnose this and other mutations with a blood test and looks for circulating tumor DNA cells. And as we're able to find more things, we're developing drugs to target the mutations we find. And sometimes I feel like it's something new every month. It's pretty exciting. 
all these advances definitely increase a person's life. There are over 3.8 million breast cancer survivors in the U.S., and death has been decreasing since 1989, and an overall decline of about 43% through 2020. And in general, these decreases are thought to be the results of some of the treatment options I just reviewed, earlier detection through screening, and just greater breast cancer awareness, exactly like what you're doing with this podcast. So thank you so much. Yeah, awareness is so key. Awareness, education, and just want to give you an opportunity. I know you sound pretty excited, and I get excited too when we think about just science and medicine and technology and how fast things are changing and who really benefits, obviously patients, but also doctors, nurses, everybody really in the end. i give you a chance here. What do you love most about being an oncologist? Definitely working with the patients. It is not an easy job by any means, as you can imagine. You know, yeah. this is a profession where you're trying to help the patient navigate probably one of the scariest and most challenging times of their lives from diagnosis to treatment to managing toxicities and expectations, it is literally a life-changing diagnosis for many, and it affects their entire lives, their close relationships, their careers, their children, or their desire to have children. And you see patients reprioritizing things. You see them grow through challenges. And, you know, for a hemong doctor like myself, we see them through those good and sometimes really bad times. And It's a very humbling experience and just an honor to care for these patients when they really need someone to help. And, you know, not only to give them quantity of life, but quality as well. Patients are just amazingly resilient and they inspire a lot of hope. And just working with the patients that I get to work with and just being really with the patient and listening to them, it's just such a privilege and just what I love most about being an oncologist. Yeah, that's awesome. That brought a smile to my face. Cancer, of course, is a heavy topic, but more and more women, thanks to things like this podcast and mammograms and all the great advice that they get from doctors like you and everyone else, there's just so many reasons to be optimistic. And as you say, you know, you feed off the patients, they feed off of you. Just really good stuff. Thank you so much and you stay well. Thank you so much. You too. And visit emersonhealth.org slash mammo to request an appointment. For a mammogram or call 978-287-3436 to learn more about Dr. Fu and oncology care at Emerson. And thanks for listening to Emerson's HealthWorks Here podcast. I'm Scott Webb, and make sure to catch the next episode by subscribing to the HealthWorks Here podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever podcasts can be heard.